0: Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. The second coming in general are all rooted in my grandmother and her you know, misguided attempts to scare <laughs> us um, into acting straight and being proper children and, you know, being respectful and not sneaking in food during mass and- Wow. Uh, that time What is she when, saying? Um, like, the
1: beast with seven heads and 10 horns will get you. Oh. Like, like.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I see you've met her. Um. <laughs> so a person inside of the scriptures can be likened to a trumpet. Now, it's not the only place that that's, that is. In the New Testament, when you go to like 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that we ourselves, we have to be like a clear trumpet. So these seven angels, what are they? They're seven spirits. And they have seven trumpets. But these trumpets are not literal trumpets. They're people. There's are seven people that were chosen at this particular time because of what they saw.
1: Okay, I look very calm right now, but I have zero chill actually because our guest is here i haven't seen nico ramos in a really long time and so much has happened in his life since i last saw him nico ramos welcome to the narrator podcast finally hi (laughs) Hi. congratulations on getting married and now the baby it's like Fast forward your life, no?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no. Like everything happened uh, in in the pandemic. Uh, got engaged, got married, now have a baby. I guess, guess I'm a dad now. Um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. No, su- and... super, super excited. Thanks, thanks for inviting me over. It's nice to nice to see Tina after a long time. Nice to meet you, Instructor Aaron. And uh, uh, nice to meet you too. And, and you know, and and Sam. Ah, it's so nice to see you. <laughs> it's so nice to see
1: you. And, you know, you've really turned into one of those dads who just can't stop talking about his baby, got to show us his pictures. But then again, I mean, you did take his passport photo today right
0: uh, yeah yeah uh, and, and, <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and my guy did uh, exceptionally well had the had the he wore pants today which is a big deal for us <laughs> um because he doesn't it's get a out. big deal for
1: me too wearing pants nowadays <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: exactly um
1: and seeing instructor Aaron seeing their baby every day on Instagram makes me so happy he and is I would the message, squishiest yeah. ball of squish. <laughs> How it's does it feel ball. to have given birth to a marshmallow, basically? He's <laughs> yeah.
0: just adorable. He's, <laughs> and, you know, I hear it all the time. I, I used to hear it all the time from parents when they say that, oh, you know, my... My, my baby's big for his age my baby's f- big for his age he's two months but he's wearing clothes for six months and i always used to think that maybe just maybe just the sizing of kids clothing is just wrong uh-huh. or maybe there's just like some some business like secret to this that they size it small or they size it weird so you keep buying more keep and keep buying uh, more You're
2: every two weeks right right
0: <laughs> and then and then uh and then and then obviously i had a baby and i had to Learn the hard way. Um,
1: um, what was the most surprising thing about being a father to you? Because this oh. is your first time.
0: Oh, well, Miss Universe! I was <laughs> I, I, I was expecting. I was expecting the responsibility of it all to kind of maybe be a little bit overwhelming, a little bit frightening, because. You know, I, I was just talking to my wife about it because she sent me uh, a photo of us from, I think, three years ago when before we were married, when we were just dating, she had visited me in the office where I work one day and she just took a photo of the two of us. And I was like, oh, like, you know, the expression, look at those. We were just a couple of kids. Mm. And then I go, i like, and like, I was like, and then what? Like We just decided arbitrarily, okay, one day <laughs> we're adults now. Like, because there's no, there's no graduation rights. There's no, there's no measurable, quantifiable thing that you earn or is given to you. There's no ceremony. There's not an age that as soon as you cross over, all right, you're an adult now. So, you know, with everything happening in in the pandemic, we got married, we moved, we moved in together. Obviously we got pregnant. We got a baby. I was expecting, you know, to have, to be in charge of like another person's life life. right (laughs) outside of your spouse who's your partner but someone who can't do anything for himself right I i i i actually thought that that would be like something that would be absolutely terrifying and overwhelming and i'm trying to find the right way to say it without it sounding like i'm i'm bragging but you know and i guess this is kind of like a good place to mention it god really gives you what you need when you need it, and just the right amount of it.
1: It's short of saying you kind of had to let go of control a little. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah.
0: Because the baby's in control. The baby's in control. The baby's in control later tonight if I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. or not. Exactly. So he, it's the exact baby's in end. control
1: of this conversation right now.
2: Right, right.
1: You know, <laughs> he's so not even true. here.
2: <laughs> and he's up there sleeping soundly. Um, yeah. Wow. Especially in the beginning, you know, especially in the beginning, it's all about their schedule. You know, eventually, like you said, you're, you're you're practicing the weaning and all that, maybe the sleep schedule. But in the beginning, there's not a lot you can do. You just got to, you right. got to roll with it. You know, it's like, and that's why it's really hard for uh, for new you know, new mothers, new fathers that don't have the ability to spend so much time with their children. You know, that's like a hard thing. Like having to go back into your normal life within the first like four or five months. It's, it can be challenging. I think the part before even the, the birth was the scariest part for me. You know, after the birth, it's like there, then you realize what's happening. Then you're like <laughs> part of it. But before like leading right up to it, like right up to the moment, there's like that real big excitement and fear just so mixed together. You just, just going crazy at the last like month or so waiting and wondering and am I gonna be a good father? Am I gonna be able to do this? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Instructor Aaron, you have two daughters, right? Two
2: daughters, yeah.
1: And they are in their one is 15 and the the second one is 13. Thirteen.
2: Thirteen, yep. yep. Yeah. Right, right at the right? oh man, both teens. Both
1: in their oh, teens. Yeah.
2: They're they're good though. They're really good. They're sweet. I mean uh, there's times that they don't want anything to do with me, you know, and I understand that. You know, I respect that. But <laughs> oh. But I, I like being in their life. I, I really, I never want them to ever look back at life and say, you know, my dad wasn't there for me. My dad doesn't understand me. You know, like I wasn't able to communicate with my dad, you know, things like that. I mean, there's going to be things, obviously, they're not going to want to talk to me about. I know that. Right. Mm. But mm. I always want them to feel like I am in their life. And, you know, if worse comes to worst, they can they can tell me things and I'm not going to come down on them about everything, but I also, you know, I'm, I'm pretty strict when it comes to certain things. Cause I don't want them. I don't want them not having good morals or, you know, caring about other people. One of the biggest things that I I'm always trying to instill inside of them is, you know, not being so selfish with just yourself, but always like kind of think about the people around you, you know, and how your actions are affecting others and things like that. But I, yeah, I love them to death. I mean, I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine life without them. I really can't. You know, I really can't. And we weren't really meant to have children to begin with. Like my wife, she had like like some issues when she was younger, some certain medical issues and stuff. So she had told me like we may not be able to, you know, ever have because we talked about marriage and all that, you know. But and you
1: married her anyway, that's so romantic. <laughs> of so <far>, course. <so>
2: <laughs> it's a long, man, long story on that one. But it's really crazy, you know, Nico, because oh. it was it was right after we got married, a few months later you know she got pregnant and we didn't tell anybody for a long time because it was kind of you know a little scary moment we're not sure right because of all the the issues she really honestly didn't think that she was going to be able to have children so we definitely call you know definitely call her our miracle child I mean it was really amazing
0: instructor Aaron me my wife you and your wife we should we should get together soon no offense Uh, but because there's there's, there's a lot of (laughs) no because there's a lot of like how many times now have have we gone like oh yeah me too Oh, yeah, us, too.
1: I know. Because exactly, um, right? my wife, yeah.
0: the, the same, the, almost the same exact conversation before we got married. She's like, "Wow, would would I love s- to have kids, but, you know, it might be difficult. So, you know, and I'd what? be like, hey, you know, no problem. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Right. Welcome
1: okay. to the Narrow Door yeah. Parenthood edition.
0: Parenthood <laughs> edition. I'm never getting Gosh. invited back. That's funny. So, like, yeah,
1: Nico here, firstborn Tyler, his Dr. Aaron, has two gorgeous girls. Tina has COVID. I got zero. So I'm obviously going to cry myself to sleep tonight. So let's you move on. You'll always have me.
0: You'll okay? always, <laughs> always have me. You raised me from.
1: Uh, I'll send COVID no, but over. You know what? Yeah, no, but you know what, Nick? I am so proud of you because you've, grown up so much you know I because up until a few years ago I would call you at like 6 a.m our show started at 6 a.m I'd wow. be calling him at 6 a.m asking where are you he lived in the building instructor Aaron okay <laughs> so from that to this and I'm so proud of you
0: you are still to this day if ever I'm doing anything wrong you still are literally and I mean this I know it sounds like a joke but it is not <laughs> the voice in my head that's telling me that's telling me off if I'm doing something wrong or incorrectly it's I I
2: was I thought encouraged 50%
0: my wife and a 50% Sam oh I was like wow
1: I am honored I am so honored again this
0: plays off as a joke but it is not (laughs) I'm always like man what would Sam say
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on that note, let's get to on that note. the main agenda for today's show. We are doing a series called road to revelation on the narrow podcast right now, Nick, and the premise of our conversations on the series is that you have a new earth Shinshi church of Jesus. Um, they are proclaiming right now that the events that are prophesied in the book of revelation have fulfilled are fulfilling. And these are prophecies, when they fulfill, um, they're supposed to signal the second coming, right? And because they are prophecies, they have to be testified. And so at the time of fulfillment, somebody will receive the understanding, this will be testified. And you know, as believers, I mean, that's a big deal, right? I second coming, obviously all Christians are waiting for it. You're a born again Christian. Um, and I think, you know, three years of doing morning radio, you think you, we would have covered everything we've talked. I mean, we've talked about some random stuff, but I don't think we ever talked about the second coming. So, you know, this is the first.
0: <laughs> that's right. It's always people refreshing. Would love,
1: people would love to hear the second coming in the
2: morning show. <laughs> right. Good morning. Start your day. So. Yeah. It's oh, hey, right. tough. Is this the end? Tip? Just yeah. something real light, real light, you know, to wake you up a little bit. Yeah?
1: So as a born again Christian, and I know you used to be Catholic as well, you were raised Catholic, and then you eventually converted to being born again Christian. But like, at any point in your faith, was the second coming something that you seriously thought about? What comes to your mind when you hear second coming? You know, stuff like that.
0: My grandmother, my grandmother. Um, Mm. Again, and like, I want to apologize, because some of the things I say play off as he's trying to make fun of things, right? And the second coming is I guess the last thing um, that you know people should be making fun of but when when you told me what we were going to be talking about today just immediately what popped in my head and any interactions I had with the book of revelations what happens in the book of revelations just the second coming in general are all rooted in my grandmother and her you know, misguided attempts to scare (laughs) us um, into acting straight and being proper children and, you know, being respectful and not sneaking in food during mass. And wow, uh, that time- What is she saying? um, Like the
1: beast with seven heads and 10 horns will get you. Oh,
0: (laughs) I I see you've met her. Um, (laughs) She always would kind of have that mentality. I don't know if it's from her generation or from her- upbringing or her understanding of of her faith it was always like hey you never know this might be it like this could be the end of times this could be the end of time she would see bad news on tv i don't think it's exclusive to my grandmother right i mean to some oh, yeah. extent especially in the pandemic right i'm sure we've either experienced this have been around people who experience this you see bad news on the tv and then you go well is this it
1: right, yes
0: right? is yes. this if the book of revelation is the metaphor, is this what's happening? This terrible X on the news. Is this, you know, the, the actuality of, of that. Right. So it was always that it was always a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of, a lot of her bringing up the book of revelations. There was a lot of books in the Bible. You'd be, I was always curious why that was the one that stuck to her. Right. Like, oh, that's, right.
1: Right. Right.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about the other stuff, lady. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, but you know what, Nick, I think that is something that has really changed for me in Mm. how I think of second coming, because you're right. A lot of people will look at all this scary imagery that is in the book of revelation and think that it is supposed to be a terrible time. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Right. But I think through the conversations on this podcast, my understanding has shifted to It is the end of an era and the beginning of a new one.
2: The interesting thing is when you look at the the time of the Old Testament before Jesus came, there's books like Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. It's basically almost like Revelation in a lot of ways. It talks about the day of the Lord's going to burn like a furnace. Everything's going to be destroyed, like really crazy stuff, you know? And then there's other scriptures in like the book of Isaiah talks about the sun, moon, and stars going dark. You know, there's all these different things. Daniel talks about the beast, you know, even in Daniel, and then Jesus uses that for the second coming as well. So it's just always interesting to me that people look at the book of Revelation and think of it as just ultimate destruction, but it really was prophesied a lot of the same way in the time of the Old Testament for the first coming. But they kind of forget that. So, you know, uh, you know, Nico, when you mentioned about let's look at other books, too, you know, what I mean, it's funny because that's why it's able to be understood if you look at the other books. You can start to see oh there's this pattern right this logic and that's not a word that people usually use for the bible right logic but there's logic. actually this logic that's in the bible it's really interesting the way that god prophesies the way that he fulfills generation after generation and i know he's doing that you know now now knowing what i know i know he's doing that so that when this time comes just as you mentioned when there's these little things these events that happen oh is that this is that this and if it was just one thing that we're waiting for it could be easily you know, misunderstood, right? If it's only like one or two things, but the book of Revelation is so detailed, right? So detailed. It's 22 chapters. We always say this: 22 chapters, 404 verses, right? But it's, it's like a stamp. Okay. It's, it's prophesied in this particular way and it has to be fulfilled in that exact way, right? So everything has to match up in some way. Everything has to be fulfilled. There can't be parts of it that, well, that's not really needing to happen. And, you know, because this happened, that doesn't have to, or, it can't be like that it can't be like a you know just like a mix of things it has to all fulfill you know in a way that everything makes sense so it's it makes it a little less scary that it could be this or it could be that but at the same time nobody's really known you know nobody's really known because god kept it as we we refer to it as uh, sealed or hidden right and he did it for a particular reason right he does it for a particular reason so that's what, yeah, that's what I would say when it comes to that. Like it's not a doomsday thing to be, you know, to be honest, just like Sam had said, it's, it's the ending of something old and the recreation of something that God's been really working for. You know, he's been working and working for thousands of years to finally fulfill something. So why at the very end? why wait 6,000 years and then just, poof, get rid of everything? It doesn't, doesn't make any logical sense, right? It's kind of foolish. If he was going to do that, why didn't he do that in the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of getting rid of everything and destroying everything, it's recreating, it's cleansing, right? It's purifying, that type of thing. But it's talked about in this really fantastical way.
1: Um, The way that we're going about it and the way Shinjinji goes about it really is before understanding the entire book of Revelation and what events exactly are prophesied in there and what is the reality of those events, we have to break down the language of the Book of Revelation. It's written in parables, as you guys say. It's figurative language, right? So,
2: well, to start it off, the the reason, like you were saying, the reason that we want to do it this way is because it's written in this like vision. So, for the trumpets, for example, I don't, you know, you you said you've been kind of playing with Revelation from time to time. So maybe you've heard of it. And in Revelation eight, there's this this final seal that's open. So there's a sealed scroll, okay? We don't need to get into that today. That's the last episode, right? But um, there's a sealed scroll. And then when it's finally open, there's there's these seven, sorry, it's in Revelation 8. There's these seven angels that are given seven trumpets. Seven angels given seven trumpets. So that's in a vision. Now, if there's a fulfillment of that, and it's not actually seven angels with seven trumpets, but God is using things to describe something else that's gonna happen, right? That's a parable, that's figurative language. So the first thing you have to do, and this goes with everything, the first thing you have to do is to understand the meaning of the parable, understand the meaning of the prophecy. Because if you see the actual fulfillment, but you don't know the meaning of the prophecy, then the two, you're not going to see how they're matched. And if someone tries to say, oh, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy, but you don't understand how that prophecy is meant to be fulfilled, then you're not going to be able to see it. So we have to understand, okay, this is the prophecy, seven angels receive seven trumpets but what does that actually mean, right? What does that really mean? What is God trying to say by saying seven angels and seven trumpets? And then when you know that, and then the actual reality appears, you go, ah, that matches. So that's why we go through it like this step-by-step, you know, verse-by-verse type of thing. And we do it in the, the figurative language because as you know, Sam mentioned, the whole Bible is filled with it, right? There's, it's filled with all kinds of, uh, there's poetry in there, there's prophecies of course, Um, there's, you know, good moral teachings, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's in there. And you have to know what it is that you're reading. And then you have to see, okay, is it something that is just meant to be taken literal, you know, like just a basic teaching? Or is it something that's meant to be taken as a vision, right? It's a vision that's meant to be for the future. And then the whole key is because there's this battle that's taken place. You know, just like we said, for like 6000 years, right, there's a battle that's been taking place. So the reason that God hides it and he doesn't allow people to know it until the proper time is because of you know this this quote unquote enemy, right? Enemy of God. Because you don't want your enemy to know what actually happens. Because if they do, then they can, you know, really disrupt a word Have and a really mess things up. Yeah. So the fact that we can testify to this is because what we're proclaiming is that the seven angels were given seven trumpets. Okay. That 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 event took place. But how did it take place? So you have to understand well angels are that's an easy one they're spirits right that's not hard right angels are what's working with god so these are seven spirits but if they're literal trumpets and i've heard you know i've watched a lot of those videos and things like that where you hear like this massive sounds you know these mm-hmm. crazy sounds in the world they're like oh it's the trumpets you know it's a yes so and then the trumpets the way that they're blown there's really crazy things that happen each time one of the trumpets is blown right each time and the seventh one is the most important. That's the one I think that everyone really needs to understand and focus on. So you just really have to know, okay, well, what is a trumpet? Is it, is God just saying that it's a literal trumpet? Is that all? Because if that's it, then that's simple, but then it wouldn't be a mystery, right? It wouldn't be a mystery at all. It would just be a trumpet. So then everything would be simple. And in the Bible, trumpets have been used for quite a few things. Like one of the stories I'm sure you guys are familiar with when you hear it, it'd be like the story of Jericho.
1: Ah. Yes. You know, the, the, the castle. wall. wall. Out, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. wall. Yeah. The
2: wall. Yeah. So okay. back in, in that time, during uh, the time of Jericho, there was literal trumpets that they would blow. But, you know, Sam, you know this, as we continue to talk about it, God uses the physical things of the world in order to okay. prophesy about future things by using it and then using the qualities of it to hide something. And this is the thing that you guys will find when you really understand revelation, you'll find this, all the crazy things that are written in there. They're really about three main things, three main things, Uh, particular places, like a certain, you know, tabernacle, let's say, particular people, these people show up, these people come in, these people betray, these people, you know, destroy, and particular teachings, the true teachings of God or the mixed false teachings. Everything in Revelation can basically be summed up into those three things, and really it can be split into two that which belongs to God and that which belongs to Satan. So once you understand what those are, then you realize, oh, God has been revealing that at the time of the end, there's going to be this certain place with this certain people with this certain teachings that have to appear. And that's where God wants to come to. But in order to keep it secret until the end, he wrote it in this figurative language because otherwise Satan would do what what he does best, which is to mimic it, right, to uh, like deceive people by creating all kinds of different things and then it'd be even harder to find but if no one knows what it is and then the one thing is fulfilled according to the prophecies and satan couldn't do that right he doesn't have that ability to do that because he has no power to create either so only god can create it according to it then people have and they have a chance they have an ability to see it and go that's it and then they can actually be a part of it does that make sense so far can you jump in like with, yeah, please? I don't know, like a half
0: phrased question. Um, and again, maybe I guess a way to agree with what you were saying, um, Inspector Aaron, not coming from your Could you place, Just call or,
1: him Inspector
0: Aaron. Yeah, sorry, Instructor Aaron. <laughs> I'm, I'm inspecting um, the
2: Bible, it's good, it's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Works out. That's cute. Um, yeah. no, because I, I, I think that I'm not obviously coming from a, a position of you know, years of of research and study uh, from the Bible. But I guess from practical experience as the layman, as the representative of the layman um, in this conversation, I like, I kind of, I know it's not up to me, but I don't want it to be seven cherubs coming down from the sky with (laughs) really loud trumpets, because I think we've seen that in, 2022 if that did happen one does the practicality of it would be off like which hemisphere like about which country right, exactly. would that would that happen at right and then there would like i'd be seeing it on twitter like that's <laughs> like i mean it, it kind of gets ridiculous right when you expect yeah something from god to actually happen as literally as you know as it's written in the bible because of how it would Practically, like, take place uh, in 2022. I know, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but just following that example, if on Twitter I saw it was trending that seven angels are floating down from the heavens and they've appeared from the clouds playing seven really, really loud trumpets, and we saw that, even if it was live streamed and we were watching it like on our phones. Physically, there's really no way for all of us to look up at the heavens and we, we'd see it. Like, there's no spot in the sky for all the entire world to see it. Right. But if that was happening, the first thing, even I think a church going person who's familiar with that verse or that parable, the first thing we'd think of is which brand is doing this? Like, is this, yeah, yeah, like, is this a PR stunt? Like, is this a publicity oh, stunt for right, <laughs> right. like some movie? Because no, because I think that that's how news and current affairs are interpreted and processed and spread around and our, our pessimism towards um, what actually is happening or what is not happening with fake news being so prevalent. So I, again, it's not up to me, but I am much more in agreement to what you're saying, Instructor Aaron, because... I want it and I'm sure it will be something that is undeniable, unspinnable, like untouchable by it, by the fake news of it. It has to be so either grand or so personal to all of us that if it is happening, I'm not thinking this is like, you know, the 10th Fast and Furious movie.
2: Right, right. If
0: If that makes sense. Sorry, well, I'm Hollywood's, not sure if I got Hollywood's my point
2: good across. Job. No, yeah, I fully understand. I fully get it. That Hollywood's done a good job of making it where it, it does have to be something really spectacular and things. And I don't want to disappoint you or anything, right? I yeah, <laughs> I but it's not. You. No, it's actually something rather small. That's that's the, see, that's the beauty of God's work. That's actually how God works. If you look at even the, the history of the Bible itself, it's really amazing how God works. He, usually, he uses like the smallest in order to, you know, become the greatest, like even like David himself, right. He was just, uh, he was just out in the the fields, right. He was just a shepherd right on the fields. He was a nobody really. And that was it. It was, and even like, you know, other famous people in the scriptures, they weren't these big giant people to begin with. They were just these simple nobodies almost even Joseph, right. Joseph, the one that goes into Egypt, eventually becomes like, you've ever seen, um, uh, the the oh the cartoon what is it the prince of egypt you know it's really Uh, yeah right yeah it's got the best soundtrack right but that one you know (laughs) joseph going in there and but he was nobody like his brothers even hated him he was just he was like a nobody he was just the you know the 11th child and and that was it so one of the things that god does is he fulfills it in such a small way but as you said it's it's unbreakable though because everything fits And because everything fits, that's why it's so important not to add anything or take things away is what we always say. So just to give you guys, you know, the answer, I know people are like, you know, just tell us, just give you guys the answer, right? Um, One of the best verses to look into is Isaiah. And this is what I mean. Everything is according to the scripture. So I'm not going to tell you what I think it is according to things in the world. But if you go back to the Bible and you go to Isaiah 58, Isaiah 58, verse one, it says, raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their sins and their rebellion. Raise your voice like a trumpet. So a person inside of the scriptures can be likened to a trumpet. Now, it's not the only place that that is in the New Testament. When you go to like 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that we ourselves, we have to be like a clear trumpet. You know, how can, if you're not speaking clearly, how can anyone listen to you? You can't be like, you know, just banging cymbals. You got to be like a clear trumpet. You got to send out a clear trumpet call. Otherwise, how are people going to get ready for battle is what it says. So then there's scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about on God's mountain. Right. We had a, a lesson just uh, you know, or the, the podcast a couple of days ago on mountain, we find out that the mountain actually is not a literal mountain, but it represents a gathering of God's people. Well, how do you find the proper gathering, right? There's so many of them. There's you know millions and millions. So what it says is on Mount Zion in Isaiah chapter two and like Isaiah 18, it talks about on Zion, that's where you're gonna hear the trumpet call. The trumpet call will come from Zion and it will it will be declaring a fast and it'll declare like an assembly, like gathering God's people. So it says when you hear this trumpet call, when you see a banner being raised on the mountains, that's when you know things are happening. So now thinking about in the time of the first coming, Jesus himself was the person who actually is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so what did he have to do? He had to testify the fulfillment, right? He had to testify the fulfillment. And if you think about a trumpet, just a literal trumpet, you have the person who's playing it and then you have the instrument, right? And really, it's the person who's playing it is the one who has the skill and then the instrument, you want to use a good instrument. Like if you have somebody like me, you can give me the best trumpet in the world and I would just murder it, right? I would have no (laughs) idea how to play that thing.
1: I think that makes four of us. So ears
2: bleeding, right? (laughs) But then the other way around, if you give somebody like kind of a, you know, a, a mediocre trumpet, but they've got mad skills, they can make that thing just sing. Right. It's beautiful. But the best would be someone with you know great skills and a beautiful instrument. Right. Same thing. So in the time of the first coming, Jesus says, do not worry. And this is in Matthew 10. He says, do not worry about what you will say right, or what you will do, because it'll be the father speaking through you. It'll be the father speaking through you. Or Jesus says, the words you hear in John 14, he says, the words you hear are not my own. It's the father speaking through me. So Jesus himself, he was flesh, but God was spirit. And it says that God came to Jesus, Matthew three sixteen, right? God came to Jesus like a dove and the two became one. So God was using Jesus. And he says, the words you hear, they're actually the words of God. So these seven angels, what are they? They're seven spirits. And they have seven trumpets, but these trumpets are not literal trumpets, they're people. There's seven people that were chosen at this particular time because of what they saw. They happen to be a part of this particular tabernacle, which is referred to as the tabernacle of heaven in Revelation 13. It's also in Revelation 2 and 3, it's the seven churches, it's these the tabernacle of the seven golden lampstands is what it's called. These people belong to this tabernacle. And as this evil entity came in, which is referred to as the beast, And we're going all over the place, but to just, you know, make it clear, this evil entity comes in referred to as a beast. These are false pastors that come in to take over this tabernacle. And when they take it over, the people are now under their control, but there's people that don't want to be a part of, they know that they had the truth to begin with. So when this one particular person comes and says, you don't want to be here, right? Matthew chapter 24, 15 and 16, when you see this abomination, what do you do? You flee to the mountain. So someone comes and starts to proclaim, this is the beast. You don't want to be here. So there's a few remnant seed, as it says, just a few people in in Sardis. They're called a few that did not soil their clothes, or they're called like a quart of wheat and three quarts of barley. Just a few people. They gather together with this one person. In Revelation chapter 12, it's called the child who's born and the brothers that are fighting, right? It's like this little small group of people. They are chosen as those trumpets. And it's the angels that will be using them. So, what do they do? They go back and, like a trumpet, they're proclaiming, This is the place of betrayal. These are the destroyers, and you need to get out. Yeah. So, the first six trumpets are what's called the trumpets of betrayal and destruction. And sure enough, when you see it, like the first trumpet call, there's hail mixed with fire and blood, and it draws oh, on the earth. And, you know, the second a huge mountain thrown into the sea and just really just massive destruction. But actually what it's talking about is a spiritual judgment coming down upon God's people, just like the time of the first coming. So Jesus and his disciples would have been like those trumpets. And if you look at Matthew chapter 23, okay, Matthew 23, Jesus is, it's called the seven woes. I don't know if you guys have ever known that, but it's called the seven woes. There's a reason, right? The seven, seven woes, seven trumpets, same thing. And what is he doing? Woe to you, you hypocrites, right? You go over sea land and sea to win a convert but you make him twice the son of hell as you are you know woe to you you hypocrites you're beautiful on the outside but inside you're full of dead man's bones what are they doing he's telling them you guys are destroyers and anybody that's listening to you they've betrayed god and jesus himself was the place of salvation right so the first six trumpets when you hear that what it's doing is it's revealing that there was a place that god created in revelation that was his chosen people. It's a representative chosen people at the time, just like John the Baptist. And it's something we can talk about later. But John the Baptist was like the representative person of God's people. And then Jesus came from his tabernacle. In the time of Revelation, you have the, the lampstand that shows up again, right? Because John the Baptist was called the lamp. Jesus says John was a lamp and he chose to you know, enjoy his light for a time. He was the one that prepared the way. So there's this person that comes to prepare the way, likened to a lamp. And then in Revelation, there is this group of people that come and they're described as a lamp. And sure enough, what happens? These people come in to destroy. Once these people see it, then they're used as that trumpet to give that testimony. So again, the first six, they're referred to as the ones of betrayal and destruction, but the seventh one is the most important. So I'm going to, I want to hear you guys' thoughts in a little bit, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about the seventh trumpet, because that's the most important one.
1: So everything that you've told us so far about these people, this tabernacle, how, you know, the beast entered, and all of those things, these things happened already. According to the testimony that is coming from New Heaven and New Earth, they have already happened. They have been witnessed, which is why you you are testifying about it, right? Right. And there are actual entities.
2: There are actual entities, people, places, times. That's why it's referred to as the testimony as opposed to you know, our commentary or what we think might happen. It's these literal things actually took place.
1: Because it sounds like a movie if we take it literally, like a Michael Bay movie, like the mountain right? getting thrown into the sea, you know? So Transformers.
2: So Transformers, <laughs> yeah.
0: The fantastical nature in which it's told, I think, is so diametrically opposed, right, to what, what you're you saying. And- what are you
1: eating? It's chewing ice. ice. It's <laughs> chewing ice. ice. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Habit. This is why Nick says the voice I hear in my head when I'm doing something wrong is Sam's voice. I just did it. I'm
0: sorry. He's right. like
1: my baby brother. That's why. I'm sorry. That's Go so ahead.
0: Funny. No, I, I was just, I was just gonna say if you look at the text just as text right i mean i again i do not claim to have any you know deep uh knowledge of 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 the bible um even as even as a christian i i would say i'm i'm very very fresh very very green um but uh I guess coming like I'm I'm a comm major like I I I, I took up comm in, in college right I'm, I'm I'm an editor I I'm I'm a writer for 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 a living I, I guess so I I can look at the text just as text right and then come to instructor Aaron or as I lovingly call him inspector Aaron and get the context I'm keeping that, that by
2: way. the way I'm just getting...
0: yeah, yeah, you're welcome <laughs> it's free but I can look at the t- I can look at the text and kind of agree with Tina and say it's just it's 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 almost it's almost sarcastically fantastical. Um, and when you kind of provide the context and say you have to look at the parallels between what is so huge and large and try to find how that's similar in the small and the quiet. Um, one is super impressive obviously like you know it's just kind of like another trick is a wrong word to use i know but it's kind mm. of like another trick of the bible right it's it's mm. kind of like another wink at you of like just things you'll discover as you continue to learn more about the bible so one it's impressive but second it's also a little bit intimidating in the sense of well you know, I'm, I'm working my nine to five. I have my 15 bills I need to pay. I'm worried about the pandemic. This, the small thing yeah. and the quiet thing could be happening and I'm not paying attention to it. Um, cause, cause I, cause I was expecting the, cause I was expecting the big picture. <laughs> I was expecting Michael Bay throwing and throwing a mountain into the Pacific ocean.
2: Yeah. Is,
0: I mean, is that fair? Like, is is, no, is that kind of like totally a, fair. A, a fair feeling to have? Because the more we talk about it now, especially when Sam brings up, oh, they've happened, and I'm like, wait, I missed it, <laughs> like,
1: right? Right? Yeah, yeah. I, actually
2: I would love like, to kind of like be there. Yeah, I want I want to show you something in which actually, it kind of makes that it's like perfect because that's exactly what does happen. The you know, and this is really weird for me, actually, Nico, this is really, really weird to be on like this podcast and just saying it like this, like this is, I, I don't like, this is not normally what happens because it's, it's a shock, right? I mean, it's just a crazy, like, what are you talking about? This is happening. Well, what do you mean? Right. It's just such a shock. So people, I don't know how they're going to react. So this is really interesting, like to see this kind of stuff, because normally what you would do is you slowly bring them into like a truth. You show them how much of the Bible is logical. You show them how much God has kept hidden and secret, but is revealing time and time again, generation after generation. You show them the logic of betrayal, destruction, uh, salvation from the time of Genesis, Noah, Moses, first coming all the way through. You show them all this logic, all this knowledge, and then you teach them step by step all the figurative language so that when you go, by the way, revelations being fulfilled, they'll be like, wait, what? And you go, how else could this, 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 everything I've shown you make sense? And no other church has ever taught it like that. Nobody else in the last 2000 years has been able to explain it like that. Then people go, wait, that might be right. Like they have an ability to be able to hear it. But for you right now, just being thrown in, it's like, you know, I'm just tossing you into the deep end of the, not even the pool. I'm throwing you into the Marianas Trench. You know I mean? You're like, you're like (laughs) barely hanging on. So I, I never would expect anyone to just be like, oh yeah, it makes totally sense. Yep. Yep. Totally yeah. understand it. Believe it hundred percent. Like I don't expect that at all. All I expect is people to go. That's really interesting. I've never heard it said like that. And that actually makes sense. What else do you have to say, you know, and then take the time to go through it from the beginning. Cause that's really what everybody has to do. Really. You got to go through it at the beginning and not just once, like going through it again and again to where you fully understand it. Right. Not just hearing it once. Cause then you're going to forget the things you heard first when you you know, finish at the end. But then when you hear it a second time, Knowing the end result, you're like, wow, you so many things you hear the second time through, and then and then you can just keep studying it all you want. But the trumpets themselves, the reason they're so important is because that's the only way we hear the testimony. It's like that the testimony has to be given somehow. And what God has done is just like you said, made something so big and so fantastical, so small, who would ever expect that? Right? Who would ever expect it? It's another thing that God did that made it where it it's really quite amazing. How can it be fulfilled in such a small way? It's almost like to me, it would be more difficult to try to make a, fa- a false like, testimony in a small way. right? It would be so easy to make it in a big way. But to make it every little detail and make it all happen in such a tiny little area, in a tiny little place, all just one thing after another. It's like, how do you do that? How does everything fit like that? It's just crazy. So what I wanted to show you in First Corinthians, one of my favorite... Uh, favorite verses. Actually, my brother-in-law has this like tattooed on his arm. It's kind of, it's, it's always been one of his favorite ones, but it's first Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. Okay. First Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. And it says, listen, I'll tell you a mystery, right? A mystery. We will not all sleep, right? But we will all be changed in the flash and the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and perishable and we will be, you know, it's, it's a whole amazing, but in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye, everything happens so quickly. If you think about the time of the first coming, you know, when Jesus was, was born, and I use this a lot because really you got to understand, you got to put them together. That's why God had the first coming so, you know, just detailed and perfect so that we can use it as well. But when Jesus was born, nobody knew about it, obviously, right? The, the parents did. But And then there's the the wise men that come, right? They're looking, right? They're looking for him. And then they tell the king. And that king, unfortunately, he's like, yeah, sure, tell me where he is so I can worship him, right? You know, yeah. yeah. He's got some (laughs) ulterior. But all these prophecies started being fulfilled. Like he had to flee to Egypt. It's one of the prophecies that he had to flee to Egypt. Out of Egypt, I will call my son is what it says. And nobody knew that, right? His family flees. It's an angel that tells Joseph to go into Egypt. So nobody knew that that was fulfilled. And then when he comes back, he starts preaching, you know, first he's baptized by John the Baptist. Nobody knows that that was meant to be fulfilled, but that's Malachi, right? Chapter three had to be fulfilled. Then you have him going to Galilee and his, you know, he's, he's roaming around. And he's like, all of a sudden, hey, I got to go to Galilee. But he's not from Galilee. He's like, why are you going there? You know, why are you preaching up there? That's where he started his ministry because he couldn't just start anywhere. It says in Isaiah nine that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light right? On the valley of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. So Jesus being the light of the world, where does the light dawn? It dawned in Galilee. So he had to preach there. So all these things that were happening, they were happening so small. Nobody even knew about it. The only reason we know now is because Jesus told his disciples and they wrote it down, right? All the little things when he was like fulfilling all these major things, nobody even knew about it. And even at that time, the people didn't believe it, obviously. So the same thing's happening today and this trumpet this mystery because in 1st Corinthians 15 it says at the last trumpet right at the last trumpet this will happen and so that's why i say the the seventh trumpet is the most important
1: Yes, this is where I'm going to cut the conversation. I'm really doing it. I'm so annoying. I'm sorry. It's just that I haven't talked to Nico in a really long time, and we couldn't stop talking about his spawn, and the daddy started bonding, and it was lovely. But we could only get to the six trumpets, which, you know what, actually works out just fine, because as Instructor Aaron says, the seventh trumpet is the most important one. So you're just going to have to join us again on the next episode. In the meantime, please show some love to my brother Nico Ramos by checking out his podcast call to arms on spotify and slam online ph your source for the best in basketball where nico is editor at large fancy healing leaves on youtube for instructor aaron the dog behind the human podcast with tina ryan on spotify questions and love letters to the narrow door podcast at gmail.com complaints and violent reactions to nico ramos at gmail.com just kidding don't do it thanks for joining us today bye